everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is the Game Bytes Show, the video games that we've been playing for October the 14th, 2015, and my name is LeGrand Jolly. I'm your host this evening with my two other co-hosts, Jeremy Lamont and Dale Jones. Hello. hey Or am I? Maybe I just <laughs> look like me. I don't get it. Look, there's a legend. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah, well, here we are, waiting to play. We've been playing some video games this last week, and, well... This is the podcast episode where we talk about them. We also record another show on Sundays where we talk about news and video games that are coming out and things like that. So uh, make sure you turn in, tune into both of our shows because they're both pretty awesome. But uh, we're going to start out with Jeremy. Jeremy's been playing some games. Jeremy. Yeah, so this past week, uh, probably everybody in the world knows, apparently 9 million people played the Star Wars Battlefront beta. Whoa. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, that's a lot. Yep, they, it is a lot. So this is what you do now instead of a demo. I don't know if you guys noticed, but they don't release demos for anything anymore. It's all just betas. Now they have just timed betas. And, they went uh, from on the 360. They went from everything must have a demo to like, yeah, demos just went away. Yeah, yeah. For a while, it was, it was like a policy that Xbox Live Arcade games had to have a demo, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that was the thing. I uh, I always personally felt like demos were probably not super helpful for if you want to sell a game. Because either people are already going to buy it, or they're going to get a taste and be like, "Yeah, that was enough." Well, I think in the in the days of like the official PlayStation magazine demo disc, or like uh, Doom Shareware, or things like that, uh-huh. I, I think demos made sense around that time because you know the internet wasn't that big of a thing, and we didn't have that much selection for games. Uh, I think you probably would have been more likely to buy a game after playing a demo in those days. Well, there yeah. was a, I mean, when I was that, when back in that time, I didn't play full games because I didn't have any money, so I played only demos. This might make a good topic for our end of the week show. <laughs> um, but, uh, so Star Wars Battlefront is the, now, did, uh, let me ask, we, I don't know if we talked about this before, but did either of you guys ever play previous Battlefront games, the specific Star Wars? I played no. a little bit of the first one on okay. PC. Okay, so there was the first one, which is sort of original Star Wars. Actually, they did have some of the, the prequel stuff in there, I seem to remember, because they had some... I, I played one that had um, the robots from the first episode, episode number one. Yeah, yeah, and then there was the second one, which actually I only ever played the PSP version of Battlefront 2, um, which is kind of weird, I guess, thinking That was a, like a, a pack-in release with the PSP for a long time. I remember seeing those forever. That, like, maybe that, that maybe that's where I got it. Maybe my PSP actually came with that. that I didn't even think of that. Uh, God, it's been a few years. So this is the newest reincarnation, on, you know, the new EA Star Wars mandate, uh, and it is more or less the same same kind of thing. So it uses kind of the Battlefield style. I mean, it used to be that it was totally on the ticket-based system. You know, every life that you spent would be a ticket against you, and you basically would just try and win a war of attrition against the other team. That was um, Battlefield. That's the Battlefield model. Yeah, Battlefield still does that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that used to be the thing with Battlefront, and they've kind of made it a little more... They've given it a few twists now, but it, it's more or less the same kind of thing. Uh, very simple, so I know other other shooters like Call of Duty, I think those games have gotten more complex over time, uh, and I found that, that Battlefront was, was quite simple. Um, you, you basically get one weapon slot that you can customize your character with, and then you get two card slots, and I, I can't remember what they call these cards, but kind of in the same way that Titanfall has, you know, this little deck of cards, and you can kind of, uh, you know, the assign them cards. and use them. Yeah, burn cards. Uh, they, they don't work the same, but just the, I find it weird that they, they do cards, because Titanfall uh, was EA, uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare had a card-based system, um, 
seems, seems like there was something else recently where, where it was sort of a card theme. So, uh, and the cards could be anything from, you know, thermal detonators, which are basically the Star Wars equivalent of grenades in, in this case, uh, to, you know, jetpacks, to just, just all kinds of things. So you basically... The sniper rifle is a card. Yeah, sniper rifle is one, which is, they, it's, it's um, I can't, they have, a, they have a clever name for it that it's, you know, it shoots bullets instead of... Uh, instead of blaster bolts, but um, the there's no... It's weird because the, the game is not class-based. It is like there's a few different types of blasters, um, but you're not like playing a sniper as a role, I mean, unless you add that card to your deck. You know, it's not like you... You don't choose a class, nor do you swap in the middle of a round. Yeah, in fact, when you use the cards, they actually have cooldowns. So you get one shot with that sniper rifle, and then you've got to wait for it to cool down, or you get one throw of the grenade, and you've got to wait for right. it to cool down. The grenade cooldown is super, super short, though. Um, yeah, and and, and it depends. So, time. and there are probably you know in the beta they didn't get a lot into the into the perks and, and leveling up. Uh, you you could level up to something like level five, but I you know I never really paid attention to that. I don't really know what that does for you. But but generally speaking, it's the kind of thing where you don't necessarily have to specialize in a particular class. You can kind of pick the play style that you want and equip what you want. Um, it has kind of a buddy system, which uh, whether that's with your friends or you know just with a stranger, where you can always spawn on some designated player that you have sort of latched onto, uh, which kind of gives you some strategy to try and you know rubber band each other into difficult areas, and and you know you can eventually kind of infiltrate and stuff. So that's kind of cool. They they sort of make it um, just generally easy to kind of do whatever you want to do. Uh, th there's also an extra fourth slot that you cannot assign, and, and it probably also has a fun name, but uh, you find those tokens on the map. So as you, you know, either ac accomplish objectives, it might drop a few of these extra coins, or you might just find them lying around, and they'll do extra special things. So, for example, you might have a... Uh, I, I know there were these sonic charges, and for a long time, I, you know, I would be playing the game, and I would hear this thing that was, you know, like a kind of sound, and I was like, what is that? What is that? And people would get these special charges, which are like great big explosions, and they would, you know... Oh, yeah, those things are awesome. Yeah, so you could do that, or it will also function... Rocket launchers are Yeah, rocket launchers are in there, yep, that's right, and um, also vehicles. So, uh, just like in the Battlefield games, vehicles are at, at, at least some part of the uh, of the gameplay. Uh, so while people are, you know, fighting on the ground, of course, there are going to be dogfights up in the up in the sky with X-Wings and A-Wings and TIE Fighters. Um, you can also do ground vehicles, so there are ATSTs, the, you know, the, the two-legged walkers. Um, the modes that you can play, uh, there's, of course, there's one on Hoth. You know, Hoth used to be the, the big joke, you know, there was always a, a Hoth level in every Star Wars oh, yeah. game. Well, it's it's back now, and I guess it's. And they cool nailed again. it, man. It's, yeah, it's cool again now, so it's okay it's to have cool. a hoth level. It's, it kind of reminds me of the uh, storming of Normandy Beach type of levels, you know. I mean, in 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 the, in the mean of like every single Star Wars game had a hoth level, you know. Yeah, just like the. <laughs> so let's talk about it for just a minute. So so the hoth level uh, is the Walker assault mode, and and presumably so in in the uh, in the beta they had three levels basically. There was the Walker assault on Hoth. There was a drop zone on a planet called Sullust, which if you're a Star Wars nerd, you know that that's uh, where Nien Nunba and uh, you know it's kind of a volcanic sort oh, yeah, of planet. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And right. then and this is the first time apparently kind of a neat neat little factoid. This is the first time that it's ever been depicted um, in in this manner so they they allowed uh, dice to, to create sorry this. what what planet is it again Sullust. no I mean like what is was it in one of the movies or what oh no no that's what I'm saying this is the first time that it was ever depicted uh, in in this sort of realized manner but then how, how would anybody know what it is then if if they well it, it would it appeared in like expanded universe stuff and oh, okay. you know, stuff like that so that's not that's not canon anymore man I know they've done away with all of that, but they're bringing so is it this back. Canon and, now? 
Is this? I, now I guess. Canon? I mean, everything has to be canon. If they, you know, if if they, uh, you know, have swept away the old stuff, that must mean that everything new has got to be canon because it's being shepherded and and right? cultivated. So, yeah. So we'll talk about that again in just a minute. I'll put a pin in that because I want to come back to that discussion. But there's also a uh, survival mode on Tatooine, which uh, is a two-player can be a two-player co-op. Uh, mode, which is basically done in waves. So the horde mode type of thing. Exactly. Yep. So the Walker Assault. So just back to that. Uh, it is the you know the the ATAT the the Walkers marching on the the Rebel base, and of course if they get to their objective, the Empire wins. Uh, but the Rebels in the meantime are able to um, hinder their their march by. Um, activating tokens that allow Y-Wing bombers to come in. Actually, when I describe it, it seems kind of complicated, but, um, y- you know, you, you can eventually uh, attack the, the walkers directly. Uh, you can, of course, get in an airspeed or a snowspeeder and do the loopy-loopy thing and, and uh, take care of them that way. Um, so there, the, the way that it works is there's three different specific points, and as the rebels, you're trying to hold these objectives. And as you hold the objectives, a timer kind of fills up as... And it kind of makes your Y-Wing attack more powerful. Once those walkers reach a certain point on their march, the Y-Wings launch. And depending on how they fire a charge or something at the walkers that allows you to actually do damage to them. Like the ion cannons or and something. And depending on how well you were you did it holding the objectives, determine how long that window existed for you to actually fire and do damage. Correct. So at that point, once it's like, hey, the Y-Wings are attacking, then everyone would stop and focus all fire and everything on the walkers to actually do damage. And, and, and then basically the, the Empire would then focus their fire on everybody who's focusing on the walkers. So the upshot of this, and, and Dice now has commented on this, the Empire is a little bit OP in this. Um, they, they apparently won these matches uh, a majority of the time, a noticeable majority. So um, they, they, I, I won they, as Rebels a couple times. Yeah, it, it wasn't common, though. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy, and it, and whenever you lost, you like just got annihilated. Like, yeah, it was never but, close. Yeah, correct, exactly. <laughs> and and you know the once the it's one of those things where once it starts going against you, it's really hard to to come back from it. So, I wonder if that's such a bad thing, though. I mean, because may, maybe this map or this particular situation is stacked in favor of the Empire, but maybe, well, in the movie, yeah, I mean that's what happens, right? It, exactly. But may, maybe in other levels, it's um, you know maybe the rebels have the advantage. Yeah. I don't know if makes sense. Regardless of win or lose, I mean that map is a was a delight to play. I mean it it looked amazing. I mean running around on the ground with those walkers above you was like unlike anything ever. Especially if you somewhat enjoy, if you even have a passing interest in Star Wars, it it was pretty pretty impressive to as far as a you really got the feel that these are enormous walking battle tanks. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Uh, and the sound design is. You know, top notch, fantastic, amazing. It was great. I love walking battle tanks, by the way. Do you? I, I'm kind of partial the to those too. Ever. Like uh, Metal Gears? You like Metal Gears, Dale? Oh, yeah. Well, these are not like Metal Gears. These are like slow. Th- these are these are like dog shaped battle tanks. <laughs> That's right. Metal Gear Rex. Yeah. So the other thing that'll happen is randomly uh, you can also, and I'm not sure how the game decides this, but it, it'll randomly assign somebody to be a hero. Uh, hero character. So uh, back to the idea of canon, uh, you guys may have seen some of the videos going around of, you know, the, the last stand of, of Darth Vader or something where he's, you know, kicking ass out in, on the battlefield there. 
and suddenly this A-wing comes screaming in and just explodes on him or something. <laughs> or, or there's one where uh, this guy is, like, shooting at Luke Skywalker clear across the snowfield, and he's, like, hopping around, you know, doing force jumps and waving his lightsaber and, you know, coming up over the ridge and, you know, coming at him. And he gets right up to him, and then suddenly an ad steps on him and, uh, you know. <laughs> Th- those sound like some Battlefield-esque antics. It, it, <laughs> I, I blew up Darth Vader with a rocket launcher once. It was awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Drop zone and Sullust, I don't think was quite as I think the 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 play mode of choice was the Walker Assault. Um, survival is fun to do once or twice. Um, the PlayStation Four version, which is what I played, does include two player split screen, uh, and I believe that'll prob. I think that's also the case on Xbox. It has to be. Uh, that's I think. cool. Two player split like screen. Yeah, yeah, so couch, that's right. Um, I did try it on the Vita, and they did not customize the controls at all. So this is one of the things where on the controller, it's the, the L2 and the R2, the squeezy triggers that, that that do it. So when you're playing on the Vita, you actually have to use the, the rear touch pads to fire. Ugh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, and then the real shoulder buttons on the Vita do just other things. Um, I would really like Electronic Arts and Dice, if you are listening, I would really like to have a, a dedicated... Yeah, I thought didn't recently the PS4 firmware allow for button remapping? I don't know if that works for the Vita though. Well, so if you, I, I th- if you do th- it, doesn't it then? Yeah, I mean, isn't the Vita remote play scheme dependent on? If you did it on the PS4, would it reflect to your? Vita? Yeah, would yeah. It, would you know, the down? thought had occurred to me, but I never tried it. And and really, just looking at games like Destiny that do have dedicated map. In fact, it just came out today that uh, Fallout 4 is going to have on PlayStation 4 some some dedicated mapped Vita controls by the guy who did them for Destiny. Destiny was another one that had them. And uh, I I just would like a little bit of thought put into the the remote play version, which. You know, right now I think they're just leaving it at the defaults. But that—that that is a good thought, Dale. I, I don't know. I, uh, I I might try that, but I, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of trouble. So, <laughs> so that's me playing Star Wars Battlefront beta. The beta is now over, and uh, I guess the game comes out what end end of this month, beginning of next, next month? month, next, next month. month, like November seventeenth or something. Based on your experience, are you gonna buy? I- you know, I'll be honest with you. It it sounds really cool, and I I think I I talked it up. You know, like like it's really fun to play, and it is. But I have to admit, I didn't. I wasn't really blown away by it. Um, like it wasn't just like, wow, this is as fun as I remember. Uh, it was sort of like, yeah, this is pretty good, and I'm getting stomped again. And you know, would you rather <laughs> play Crucible on Destiny, uh, and like you know, progress your character in Destiny at the same time? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'll. I think I'll probably get it. You know, part of it might depend on on who all I'm playing with. Uh, this would be a great contender if it. Uh, it would be a good choice for cross-platform play, which it it does not and will not have. But um, yeah, I, I I think it it sort of remains to be seen. From what I can tell, the game is going to be very content rich, and the beta itself was very very limited. Um, I think it really was in some ways the technical test and not just a you know demo facade to get people excited about it i think they probably really did have things that they were they probably want to nail this thing down because if the new movie takes off they stand to make a lot of money with this um plus there's also a ps4 bundle with this oh game yeah. Too, right? and, oh, yeah and you know right now this is the only star wars game that i can think of uh i mean aside from <laughs> stuff on on mobile but the, you know they're not doing whatever the you know the big story based one and, and yeah, star wars 13, 13, 13, 13, 13 never happened no, mm-hmm. and apparently they're working on other stuff, but we've heard nothing of it, and that movie's coming out in a couple months. So, yeah, Well, before we get done with that, I'd like to just... I mean, my impressions of... I played it on the PC, 
And while I felt that it looked and sounded really, really cool and they kind of nailed the atmosphere and the feel of it, I really found the gunplay to be lacking. Um, I found it to be not accurate, which was frustrating to me. I didn't feel like what I was aiming at was what I was actually shooting. Um, like there was either oh, like so long... like Star Wars, yeah, and, yeah. Like you were, yeah. you were like one of the now like, you know uh, what it's like to be a uh, stormtrooper. <laughs> and it was horrible. It, for, for, as a game, it wasn't. I mean, it didn't feel precise as a shooter should feel. It didn't feel like when I was shooting and I had my crosshairs on a dude's head that I was hitting his head, you know, and it was getting headshots. It felt like, you know, that there was like dice rolls or something happening, like Fallout style, that was happening in the background determining whether or not I was going to hit or not. Um, I, I think I it sort of depended was... on the situation because I, I had a lot of trouble hitting things with the sniper rifle, and so I would just be like, screw this, and I'd go back to my rifle, and I would actually, I mean, I'd hit him. I wouldn't and kill him. And you'd hit him, those but... guys from clear across the map. Yeah, right? you really could, and so I found, like, right. eh, screw the sniper rifle. I'm... Yeah, and so the, those types of things like that just kind of, you know, the game looked and looked really awesome, and, the, and the, the atmosphere was great and everything else, but the gameplay really is what kind of held me, you know, held me, from really, really enjoying it, like I would, like I've enjoyed a Battlefield game. Like I was really looking forward to, you know, Battlefield. It's in, it's in the same engine as Battlefield Four. It's like you know, awesome Battlefield style with, you know, mechanics that have been refined over the years, but with a Star Wars setting. That's kind of what I was looking for, and yeah. I don't think I got what I was looking for out of it personally. But yeah, I, I think they're going to be supporting it in the long term. I think we're going to see something pretty impressive come out at launch, and I think they're going to continue to to work on it. So it'll probably be good. I'll, I'll probably pick it up, maybe not at launch, but maybe soon afterward, I guess, if I can clear out the budget for it. And uh, yeah, It might be a PS4 game for my kids for Christmas or something, I think, this year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see myself. I know I have, a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are way into it and really, really loved it, and I just didn't have the love that they had, and so I know they'll be playing it, but I don't think I'll be playing it with them, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything else, Jeremy? Uh, maybe just a quick shout-out to Brutal Legend, which uh, October 13th just had its sixth anniversary, uh, so I played that in honor, uh, one of my favorite games of last generation. But I don't want to talk about it because I took way too much time on Battlefront. So <laughs> that's okay, man. That's a, that's a big thing, and that's a thing that, I mean, not a lot of people had a chance to play. And, of course, they all had a chance to play the beta. But, and it's um, over now, right, that beta? Yeah, I think I did yesterday. Yeah, it it is over. So the the timed demo event now, and back to the the demo discussion at the beginning. I mean, the next one now is uh, the Legend of Zelda: The Triforce Heroes game. Um, now is, you know, they're not just putting it on the eShop now. They're distributing codes by email. So maybe I'll talk about that next week after I've had a chance <laughs> to play it. So. Are you in? Did you get a code for it? I I did. Yep, I did. So oh, awesome. Yep. I would love to try that out. I don't know why. But. Well, I got some extra ones. So. All right, well, I'm going to talk about a couple things. Uh, so, it seemed, so the Star Wars demo was going on, or the beta or whatever, Star Wars Battlefront beta, and, but I found myself um, also playing, or wanting to play Metal Gear Online, which also released, at least for PS4, um, last week sometime, during the beta when Battlefront was going on. So all my I was going to say, I, I didn't hear much about it, and maybe, that, maybe that's why everybody was talking about Star Wars. Yeah, uh, and I know that it's not out on PC, at least according to Dale. Um, it's not. Yeah, I think after the first of the year, they're going to release it on PC. Cool. Well, um, I, I did. I played it um, quite a bit. I played maybe ten rounds uh, so far of it, and so and I played just a single game mode, which is the bounty hunter mode, um, which really has an awesome premise. And one thing that is really really cool, and the, and the reason why 
I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun, and the reason why I like it is because it's different. It's kind of the same reason why I liked multiplayer Assassin's Creed because it wasn't your standard run and shoot and gun, you know, type of multiplayer experience. It was really unique and different, and kind of fit in with the game, which wasn't a shooter type of game. Um, hey, so qu- quick question: yeah. Are you playing as the avatar that you created at the beginning of the story content yes. of MGS Five? I am. And you, I, I don't playing know. Playing as that same guy. Uh-huh. I don't know if I can customize it at some point or create new characters or not or whatever, but yeah, that's the character. That I, I know you can right customize now. your avatar from within the single player MGS5. I just wasn't – I was curious about whether that guy popped up in the multiplayer. That is, that's, that is the guy. The guy that you create at the very, very beginning where you have the mirror or whatever. Yeah, and then you that, don't that end up the playing as that guy. As. Yep, and then yeah. so you you get different cosmetic things and stuff, but yeah, I'm playing some bald jarhead. From, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I was wondering about that because I – you know, you you start the game and you do all that character creation and then it just never comes up again, right? Right. Yep, exactly. Um, anyway, so let me just kind of explain the game mode. It's the bounty hunter mode, which is basically... Well, to start it off, I guess, the gameplay is identical to uh, Metal Gear Solid single-player experience where all the controls are exactly the same. Um, it looks fantastic, just like the single-player game. Um, and you have all your different weapon slots that you kind of equip different things to. The cardboard box exists as a tool that you can use. Where is um, it set? Uh, I have no idea. There's like different. There's like a whole bunch of different maps. Um, are, are, I wonder if they're locations in the actual game or if they're like... Um, I didn't get that feel from it. Nothing that I've seen so far in the game. So, do they I feel, feel like, like a, discrete multiplayer maps? Yeah, and I, okay. I, I feel like I've exhausted all of Afghanistan's areas that would have been, you know, locations for this. So it definitely feels different than that. I mean, you, you'll get the same, like, here's a fort type of situation. And it kind of looks like a fort from the game, but the layout is slightly different. Or there's different ways to kind of approach it and things okay. like that. Yeah, I was just wondering if they were the same, if it was using some of the same locations. It sounds like maybe not. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't get that feel from it when I played it. Um, but... Anyway, so it looks and plays awesome, and it, it's it's kind of, I don't know, it's really good. But let me explain the game mode. So the game mode I've been playing is called Bounty Hunt or something like that. And uh, basically, each team's have like 30 tickets that they start with. And as you get kills against the enemy team, then their tickets go down. Um, but as you get kills against them, you also get a bounty placed on you. So you get one bounty point placed on you for every kill that you make against the enemy team. Um, and so as I run around and kill dudes, like, you know, my bounty's going up, you know, two, three, four, five bounty points that are on my head. And so the enemy team's tickets are going down as I make kills. Well, if you manage to knock someone out or non-lethally knock somebody out and then Fulton then use the Fulton system to send them back to your base or whatever, then their team loses the tickets that they had on that bounty and you gain them back. Um, and so you could be losing pretty badly and then capture somebody and Fulton them back and all of a sudden it can swing the game pretty hard because all of a sudden they lose you know, five points from the bounty while you gain those tickets back to your account. Um, so it's kind of a balance of... Um, Does that mean you know, the games drag on forever though? If it just keeps uh, going back and forth? It, it didn't... I mean, it's it's exponentially more harder, harder to do that to somebody because you have to actually sneak up on them or catch them off guard or, you know, hide behind a wall and then wait for them to come around you so you can, you know, knock them out. And then on top of that, once you fault in them, you're kind of vulnerable. So you're kind of out in the open. And then once the balloon pops up, the enemy can still shoot the balloon uh, just like in the single-player game and then knock them back down to the ground. Okay. Um, so it is a little bit... It's harder to do that. It's harder to fault in them back. And so I never felt like the games were... It was tedious because it kept on going, you know, back and forth like that. It seemed like... 
Um, I had really, really close games sometimes, and it, and it came down to kills, basically, is what finally ends it. It's just kind of like another extra thing that would kind of rewards you for being sneaky or being stealthy um, and playing that way. So the game mode is super fun, and like I said, I really like it because it's different. It's, it's a different type of multiplayer experience that I don't think you could get um, anywhere else just because this game is... You know, it's built around the Metal Gear game, and there's no other game like it. Um, so, it's really do you? Cool. Let me ask you, uh, one other question that may seem stupid, but you know how, like, you in in the single player game, you create an emblem for your your soldier or your, or your private force or whatever. Does uh-huh. that? Does everybody that goes into the multiplayer um, have their own unique emblem, or like, does I the team have an emblem? Like, I don't remember. Okay, um, it, it's, it's Team Liquid versus Team Solid. Oh, I really? Think is the two huh. the names of the of the two teams, so it's red and blue, liquid and solid. Hmm. Um, and I don't remember those emblems popped up on your character. I would imagine they would. That would make sense. Is that that they would do? That. Is one of the? It, sorry, another stupid question. Is is one of the stages on like a mother base style location? I haven't played a base a mission like that. Okay. My favorite mission that I played so far was one that was more. Um, the more open levels are more fun to me um, because it allows you to kind of sneak around more and in the open area. Um, and every mission has daytime versions of it and nighttime versions of it. Uh, sandstorms also come into play as well as weather effects and things like that. Um, what about so, camo? Because uh, like one of the things I did the most in the, in the single player game was, was I would just wear camo and sneak around and the guards can't see me cause they're stupid. But when you're playing against other people, how does the camo situation work? So there, so it's, it's class-based. There's three different classes that, that exist. One is a stealthy, sneaky class, and they have stealth camo. So that's the camo that makes you completely invisible. Uh, you can kind of see the people because they're kind of... Is it? Yeah, was, that's my next question. Was it complete or is it like a, a little bit it's of It's not shimmer? complete. It's, it's, it's a little shimmer, but it is you know more difficult to see just like you would expect in... Um, you know, like a stealth somebody in Heroes of the Storm or... In like Destiny, the, the, the um, hunters have that ability also. Right. Yeah. So something like that where you can still kind of catch it, you know. Uh, The other thing is it uses sound a lot. So when you have a mini map that kind of shows the layout of the area and if somebody runs too fast or runs in general, you actually see those little pings in the direction of where those people are coming from on your mini map. So it it really behooves you to sneak around and be quiet. Um, When you fire a gun, it it shows and you can see exactly where people are firing their guns, their guns. Oh, speaking uh, of of guns, can you can you load out with like silenced weapons or? Do you choose your loadout? I haven't what? got that far. So as you play the game and you play through missions, you unlock the GP or whatever it is, um, whatever that currency is, and then you spend that currency to unlock and buy different weapons. And so I haven't gotten that far yet to be able to do much of that at all. Is that honestly. Uh, is that in parallel with what you get in single player? Is it completely separate, you think? I think it's separate. Okay. Because uh, right now all I have is like a generic assault rifle. This um, isn't I, like, uh, it's not like, it doesn't have to do with your like FOB in the main game, does it? Uh, as far as I can tell, no. Okay. Um, huh. when, right. when when you do load into the into the game, there's like there's like a lobby. So you're in like an area in it looks like an area in Africa. So there's like jungly trees around and things like that. And then you can like run around and play with your weapons and play with loadouts oh, and test different things and kind of shoot stuff and ride around in the little uh, D Walker, um, <laughs> cool. and which which also exists in the multiplayer. So you can actually get on the D Walker and and cruise around. And they're really loud, so you always can see where they're at. Um, but they and they but they can kill people pretty quickly. Right. The problem is once you get lots of kills, then you rack up your bounty, and then somebody can just grab and people you are and, gunning for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it really is a cool, really cool game mode, and um, 
Uh, right now, I'm, I'm playing as a class that is a just like an assault class. There's a scout class that is kind of has a, has a sniper rifle, and they kind of stay back and kind of can spot people for their teams, uh, like you would expect. And then there's the stealth class that is good at sneaking up on dudes, and then there's the assault class, which is kind of your generic, you know, assault guy. Um, so yeah, I, I look forward to playing a little bit, you know, a bit more of it. It's it's a lot of fun, and um, uh, yeah. So I don't know if you have any other questions about it, but yeah, it's good. It's fun. You should try it out when it comes out for PC. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of a shame, but yeah, they they have delayed it, um, and they announced that they were going to do so like a, a while before the game ever released. They said that the MGO would not that. be out on PC until later. Uh, but yeah, may, by the time it's out, though, like I, I will have. You know, I'll be playing Fallout or, or something else, so I, right. I'm not sure if I'll yeah. come back for that. It's cool we'll because it's, it's not a game that relies so much on your ability to aim well. I mean, that is important, of course, when you're shooting at dudes, but it's also just kind of a thinking man's game of being smart at your movements and those types of things. Because Like the um, Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Exactly. You, you, yeah. you run and gun in Assassin's Creed and you, know, you get spotted and taken out. That always used to piss me off when I'd play Assassin's Creed multiplayer because it would be the people who like were blatantly not playing the game the way you know you were supposed right. to they it would have the most points that, you know it? it'd be like yeah. you you punk <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway it's pretty awesome uh the other thing i want to just talk just mention quickly is uh so i, I mentioned a long long time ago that i was going to play kingdom hearts dream drop distance which is on the 3ds and i recently picked it up and uh started playing it and that game is bonkers um like only a kingdom hearts game can be bonkers at this point um, I have no idea what the hell's going on in it, but uh, the gameplay is pretty fun, uh, so I'm gonna kind of stick with it. I don't have a lot to say about it yet, but uh, um, yeah, is, I'm it, in is it world. is it like a console version of the game, or is it like the card battle? No, it, it it feels like a full a full version of the game. It's um, it's going from world to world. It's fully 3D combat. Um, a lot of systems in there that are doing a lot of different things. A lot of tutorials at the beginning to kind of teach you all these systems that I'm not even using. I, I would imagine the majority of them because um, ain't no one got time for that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is a you know if you, good Keyblade in action, man. I, I played the first two Kingdom Hearts and I played the GBA one and kind of dropped off after that as uh, they got a little crazy. Um, the storylines are stupid, ridiculous. I like it's if you if you knew nothing about Kingdom Hearts and you picked up this game, you'd be like. What what is going on? Like you'd have no clue. It's like like, like Metal Gear in that respect, probably. Like yeah. Oh, it's it's worse. It's uh, yeah. it's way worse, man. It's I don't it's, doubt it. it's horrible. Like I and, and and I played the first one and the second one, and I have no idea what's going on. Um. So anyway, but I'm gonna stick with it and kind of poke around and keyblade some dudes and, uh, yeah, it'll be it might be a, it's like a decent mobile game to kind of play on the plane and while like, I travel and things like that. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But there you go. Kingdom Hearts is is just something that I just do not get. I have never since the beginning. Um, I played the demo for like five minutes, not the demo, but the first game I played um, in a store somewhere for five or ten minutes, and my immediate and lasting impression was this camera sucks. I never want to play this ever again. <laughs> well, this one is is this, this actually has support for the uh circle pad pro and then so i guess the new, new nintendo 3ds as well yeah uh, of course i don't have one of those so yeah the camera is horrible in this as well um you you use the l and r to turn left and right for the camera it's not full 3d camera control, uh, it's like a like monster hunter wish. game or something right but i would imagine if you had a better 3ds like you know i hope to eventually get maybe one day then the camera control is probably better but well, i'll never play a, a kingdom hearts just because i i i'd Think they they're kinda, really dumb. They dude. just kind of look you, ridiculous. You really don't need to play them. Um, also, I don't. I just don't really like Disney stuff. And on, on top of that, I don't like 
crossovers of like different universes with different themes and art styles and stuff. It just, it just kind of clashes to me and I just can't buy into it at all. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, I don't really like it either. Some, for some reason I want to keep playing it. So I am like, I have no idea. Yeah. Cause it's awesome and you love it. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Anyway. Uh, so what about you, Dale? What have you been? Well, I don't have anything new to talk about, but I do have some good news uh, that I have basically finished Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, and um, this will probably be the last time I really talk about it on this show. Uh, even though I do, cons- I, I'm going to continue playing and doing like the side ops and things because I want to. Hundred percent it. Well, I'm at like fifty six percent now, and I've. I have 99 hours according to Steam, so oh I don't know if I'm going to 100% it, but there there is a few little, like, very minor kind of story things I want to clear up, and then... Did you find out at the end that Senator Palpatine is the Phantom Pain? No. No, no. Oh. I, 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 no, but I did, <laughs> I did find out at the end something about the Phantom Pain. Uh, <gasps> this, this game is... Man, there's just, there is so much in this game that um, there's really sort of like three distinctly different ways that you can approach it. Like to like if I was going to sit down and, and hash out all my feelings about this game, um, I would take three separate tacks to it. One would be just talking about how the game is to play and just how, how fantastic the core game loop is and um, uh, like all the different environments and all the... Um, situations you can find yourself in all the loadouts all the all the buddies that are available to you and all the things they can do all the the tools and and fun stuff that you can do all the like sort of um just the the attention to detail that is in the game where you can do funny things like knock people out and put like three guys in a jeep and then like fault in the jeep and they all go back to base at the same time um or just little things like the the mechanical intricacies of um managing your own army managing your base and um the how the the story will uh, you know pop up some some dilemma where like um you kind of have to like get into the micromanagement aspect of like taking care of your your base and and things um i don't this is i'm trying not to really spoil plot details or anything uh but you could come at the game from that perspective of like someone who just doesn't care about like the themes or, or like the plot or the, the lore or anything like that. And just is how enjoyable it is as a, as an action experience, which is, it, it really is immensely good in that respect, which is kind of a new thing for metal gear. Um, they've always played well, but they've always been sort of built around the narrative experience. You know, at, at least that's how I, you know, perceive them to be. But this game is really, really solid, uh, with the, uh, I mean, no pun intended. Right. But, um, even with a, a like sort of dramatically de-emphasized um, plot, uh, as compared to other games in the series, um, the it really stands alone as just like an, an amazing game to play. But uh, so the the other uh, maybe approach I would take to to discussing it is is just geek out on like the Metal Gear lore stuff, which you know I've had my uh, conversations with uh, other um, you know longtime Metal Gear fans like like my friend Esteban and, and like you Legrand to the point where you've played through the game so far um and there's a lot in here if you're just kind of you know a fan of Metal Gear so oh this is 
this is like what Big Boss was doing during this time, or like this is who this character is, or, or you know, eventually this character becomes this other guy, or something like that, right? Um, there's just lots of little cool things like that for the sort of Metal Gear nerd like myself. Um, but also, if you take a look at the game for um, the way that you would sort of criticize a piece of literature something there's a million things going on in in metal gear on, on that level too like I, I just made a quick list of some of the the things i thought were sort of over overriding themes to this game and um uh like a few of them are, are revenge um language and and control and identity and and how those all those three things all sort of revolve around each other and 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 you know, produce a sort of matrix um, of, I don't know, ways that the Illuminati or, or some group like that could control the world, which is obviously what Metal Gear antagonists always want to do, right? Um, the, just the idea of, like, loyalty, um, you know, the, the guys that you kidnap off of the battlefield, how they can be, you know, easily won over to your cause by whether it's, like, brainwashing or some other form of coercion or... Uh, also this, just this idea of like this blind, um, faith and, and loyalty and, um, wanting to believe in, in like the legend of big boss, like the, you know, the legendary soldier and, um, the game also does a lot of sort of, um, it, it, it kind of hits it maybe a little bit on the nose if you're, you know, if you've ever studied English literature, but there's, there's a lot of Moby Dick. There's a lot of Lord of the Flies. There's a lot of 1984 in, in this game. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's kind of surface, but it, the fact that it's even there at all is more than what a lot of games do. Uh, and some of it's not so obvious really. Well, and uh, I'm pretty impressed that someone like Hideo Kojima could, could do, I mean, I couldn't reference even, you know, grammar school Japanese. Te- I mean, I, you know, I, I guess America exports its culture a little bit more, but uh, I, I find that impressive just from a practice, you know, just from the fact that it's if you follow really Kojima cool. through like, you know, interviews or, or like on Twitter, I mean, you can see that he's like a really big sort of media buff. Like he, he reads, you know, books that are published in English. Uh, I think he, I don't know if he reads the English version, but he yeah, he reads foreign Western books. Um, he's obviously huge into to movies and film, but also music and even like comics and stuff. So, I mean, he, he's, I, he's, he seems like one of those sort of like media yeah. omnivore types that, uh, mm. you know, I, I guess he went through a classic literature phase <laughs> probably during the development of this game. Um, but so then, how did the, uh, how did the ending strike you? Did it satisfy you? Um, um, how, did it, how did it play out? Yes. <laughs> spoiling things. Yeah. It, the ending really, caught me kind of caught me off guard because I, I was able to somehow you know play this game six weeks you know a- after release before I finished everything without having the the final ending or really much at all spoiled um so yeah when you, when you get to the sort of the very end of the game actually I the game is made up of kind of it's almost two games worth of story stuff if you if you look at it like that way so like you play through chapter one which is enough content and a full story arc that i mean that could have been its own metal gear solid game by itself right but then after that there's chapter two which is a little bit less um 
coherent. They, like it's not as much built around a central sort of like spine of story, but there's a lot more in there for the kind of like long time Metal Gear lore fan. Like if you're looking for the sort of connected tissue, um, you know, between Snake Eater all the way to um, MGS One or, or and beyond, there's like little hints and, and like Peace Walker. You know, there's um, hints and, and things like that that are ch- that prop up a lot more in Chapter Two. And uh, so after Chapter One, the the number of like real plot missions goes down by quite a bit. There's only seven or eight, whereas um, getting you through Chapter One, I think there was like thirty. Uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot more of the sort of like optional side ops that are interesting that contain little story bits and things. And the then there's are like a, important or whatever they label them as. Yeah, there's quite a few more of those, and, and then there's a lot more cassettes that pop up as you do things. That um, really the the cassettes in this game are is the main way that it um, renders it, it gives you the exposition that you you might want, uh, which is kind of interesting because it makes it all completely optional. Like you don't have to deal with that at all if you're not interested in it and if you are you know you just pop some cassettes on while you go and play side ops and you can like you know learn what revolver ocelot is really up to at the same time you're kidnapping the legendary gunsmith or whatever um it's there's just so much stuff in this game which is uh like i said there's kind of like three different ways you could approach it and it's really impressive on on every level um and when i got to the end uh, like I said, there was a, a kind of a twist there that I wasn't expecting, and I was kind of like, "Whoa!" Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's pretty pretty satisfying. Um, there is still room left open if they were going to make you know more. If Kojima was going to somehow write more Metal Gear games, there's there's you know he could always come up with more stuff to shoehorn in there. But if this is the last we ever see, you know, I'm fairly satisfied with it. But, you know, I felt That's the same awesome. way after four, too. So <laughs> yeah, same, same. It's kind of a miracle how they how, you know, they managed to shoehorn this stuff right in the middle of the saga. But it it works. It's well, it's weird how they went back and did you know prequel stuff. And yeah, it's weird. It's it's kind of like an impossible task to really take the the big boss character that you have at the end of three. And even as you play through like up to Peace Walker it's like you're thinking like how has this guy ever become like the bad guy you know that just doesn't really make sense you know but i i think that kojima was you know obviously when he made metal gear one and two 28 years ago there was no black and white or there was no shades of gray right it was all black and white um whereas now uh you know i, I think we as video game players are, are much more probably because we're older we're much more sort of media savvy and not only that, but Kojima's had a lot of time to sort of evolve into a, a, a more sophisticated, if you if you want to call him that, creator of, of this sort of stuff. Um, now, I, I think in order to to get to the point where you could understand, you know, Big Boss, this character that you're playing, being a villain, you really have to allow for a lot of sh- sort of shades of gray and like every context, conflict has two sides that are both think they're, you know, the the correct ones etc because i was thinking about it the other day and i was like you know there's no real in in this game specifically there's no real like i mean there is an evil sort of bad guy guy um but once once he's kind of out of the way it's like there's no one that's clearly good everyone is just kind of out for their own 
whatever that might be. Uh, and I was thinking in the overall series, like, is there anybody who's really, you know, just a, a good person? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Solid Snake, right. maybe. I, you know, I don't. But even even he is like a, you know, he's just a soldier being used by other people, right? Right. Anyway, well, that's awesome, man. Well, let let me finish it. I don't know when that'll happen, but I'm still playing it. So let me finish it, and then let's have a discussion. Yeah, and yeah. It. And we'll actually, I have and... um, I have a a podcast planned for this coming weekend with a friend of mine. She's um, big into to Bioware stuff, and she's going through Mass Effect series for the first time. And so I think we're going to get together and kind of have a powwow um, over Mass Effect, but also Metal Gear. So. Awesome. Uh, probably gonna hash that out over a couple of hours. So how uh, how far is she into Mass Effect? Because that series, is uh, she's really working on the third time. game now. So oh, sweet. That's she awesome. will. I haven't even finished the third game. So by the time we're doing this this recording this weekend, uh, that'll that'll be go up as a call a podcast episode. By the way, um, she may have finished the the series by then. So we'll see. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, listeners, believe it or not, you have reached the end of this show. We appreciate that you've tuned in and that you continue to listen to us. If you liked what you heard, or if you don't like what you heard, or if you'd like to talk about the Star Wars Battlefront beta, or what you think of the Metal Gear Online story, or what you think of Kingdom Hearts, let us know. You can reach out to us collectively on Twitter, at GameBytesShow, or you can reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I'm at Count underscore Elmdor. And of course, you can also find our compatriot, Jared Red Eye Dunn, at R-E-D underscore I. And uh, he's always busy cooking up the next video stream that he's going to bring to you on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Show, or you can look at our archives over at youtube.com slash Show as well. Check out all of this and more on our website, gamebyteshow.com. Uh, feel free to subscribe to us there on iTunes to comment or, uh, you know, just generally uh, let us know that you're out there. We certainly appreciate that. And as LeGrand mentioned, we will be back at the top of the week to talk to you about the uh, news, new releases, and a special topic that we will bring uh, just for you. Uh, So until next time, we appreciate you listening to us, and we will see you then. Thanks so much. Thank you.